Oh my god, one burst. Get Dino's and go to Edgefield and then go to Roberts. If yeah. I say Dino's, I mean, I'm not trying to screw you. Know, the only thing is Edgefield plays at midnight. You got to see, have you been to Roberts? Dino's definitely been starter, anywhere. and that's it. Saw so the and hotel, man. What do I know? <laughs> Hold on, time out. Stop, stop, stop. You've never hung in Nashville? No. You're, you're going to have a fun time. I have no doubt. <laughs> 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 Nashville. If you haven't been there, you probably know it as what? A country music capital, Grand Ole Opry, and it is Music City. And there is indeed plenty of country music, both genuine and fake ass. But it's way more than that. Nashville is one of the fastest growing metropolitan areas in all America. People who grew up here will tell you the city is in a state of perpetual, never-ending change, and the rate at which things are changing is accelerating. 80 to 100 new faces move to Nashville every single day. Some things are constants, others in flux. Even with all the radical cultural shifts, the city still remains traditionally Southern in its sensibility, for now, anyway. Because Nashville could just as soon be called Punk City or Rock City, and you were just as likely to find the word artisanal hanging over the door of a sandwich shop or a cupcake shop or a slow-grip coffee laptop zone as anywhere in the land of man buns in the cities of the north. So, of course, the chefs are coming. Carpetbaggers seeking their fortunes attracted by a more affordable business environment or just looking for a better quality of life. Sons and daughters of the South looking to honor the traditions they grew up with but with a more modern sensibility. Here's four chefs who helped change things, who were instrumental in starting something truly new and innovative, but what, because of their efforts and their mentoring, their early examples is becoming more and more accepted practice. Tyler Brown of Capitol Grill in South Hall. Tandy Wilson of City House. Our old friend Sean Brock of Husk Nashville and the distinguished Pat Martin of Martin's Barbecue Joint. Sundays are often spent here at Pat's house, friends, family, kicking back and drinking beer and cooking over the fire pits. All these chefs pride themselves on celebrating local, seasonal, southern ingredients and close relationships with farmers and food producers from the area. 
Those are 90-day-aged ribeyes from nearby Bear Creek Farms slowly cooking there. And they're going to be topped off with oyster mushrooms and bourbon soy and some nice runny eggs and garlic. Grits, well, of course. These are called greasy beans, pressure canned in salt water, then heated up with pork fat. So I'm not hating that for sure. There's also homemade ricotta served with a cold smoked sausage and roasted acorn squash. You better get it, Fred, because if you don't, you're screwed, man. I'll say everybody gets an egg. Everybody cool with that? Oh, hell yeah. It's a, it's a must. It really matter what I'm eating if I'm eating that horse. They like to really? <laughs> I love eating that horse. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. Here's how we're talking. Thank you. So who started in the restaurant hospitality business in Nashville first? You started... Uh, October of 06. 06. We started in 2003. 03? What was it like in 03? What do people want to eat in Nashville in 03? Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> Steak and potatoes? Steakhouse, man. That's all it was. Those are the only places to eat. Which came first, the customer or the chef in this case? The I chef. mean, we're, chef, the chef, the chef showed up first. How, how yeah. open to new shit? That's the thing about Were people in Nashville always people, from the beginning? Yeah. Because oh, it's artistic. People are very progressive. It's such a creative. It doesn't mean they know what they're tasting, or at that time they knew what they were tasting, but they wanted it. Who's here? Who's from here originally? I am. That's it. I think so. So they're all carpetbaggers at this table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? Nashville's Lower Broadway or Music Row. It's what Nashville's selling. It's what the tourists want. And the honky tonks or Mick honky tonks that line the strip now tend to lean more towards cover bands than singer songwriters. On one hand, it employs a hell of a lot of musicians, which is a good thing. On the other hand, stray from Lower Broadway and you're bound to stumble upon a genuine dive bar. And Nashville's got some real good ones. So, what is this place? Dino's? It, it's a burger joint that's been here for a long time. A lot of country music history is in here. A lot of Nashville history is in here. It's a fun place where you see a lot of new... East Nashville life. I can't tell you how many burgers I've had near that I don't remember. Yeah. There's a picture of them on my phone. Oh, I had a burger at Dino's. <laughs> yeah. What? What is? What is this? They call these hot fries. So it's like the flavor of hot chicken, but it's with fries and Velveeta. Wow. I think it's Velveeta. Yep. It's like country poutine. Exactly, man. This is like redneck poutine. <laughs> Yeah. Tony, what's cool about like um, there's these dive bars here is there's so many studio musicians here. If you're not a badass musician in this town, you're not going to make it. So everywhere you go, you're hearing the most incredible players you've ever seen anywhere in the world. What music rules here still? I mean, is country music still? Well, they've effed up country music so bad on Music Row, it's not even funny. It's not country music. To me, it's not. It's bullshit. But there's also so much more than country. You know, oh, yeah, man, they, that's they, the thing they people don't realize about Nashville. It's not just country music. If you're looking for iconic Nashville, what's bone deep, local, even deeper than the dive bar culture, 
he would be talking about a thing called Meet and Three. Meet and Three is a cafeteria-type institution offering for a set price the choice of meat and three sides. I've been thinking about this all day since a minute and ago. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's the real deal. Danger's in downtown Nashville is just such an institution. Doors open at 10 a.m. and close at 2 p.m. with a rotating selection of a dozen lunch staples, you're pretty sure to find what you came for. Okra or black eyed peas? What do you think? What should I do? Okra. Okra. This gentleman, too, is something of an institution. Jesse Boyce, a two-time Grammy Award nominee, instrumentalist, songwriter, producer, and CEO of Sovereign Music Group in Nashville. This is a, a big national tradition, a meet and greet. Absolutely. You see, you see a little bit of everybody in here, from from truck drivers to mothers to lawyers, whomever. You can see it's multicultural. Everybody just like really comfortable with each other, like a microcosm of what Nashville is really like. Now, I mean, most people, I think, who haven't been in Nashville outside looking in, they see Nashville, they think country music. Exactly. But it's really not that at all. I mean, yes, it is. We got a hell of a lot of country music here. But we had two strands of music that were emerging at the same time, historically. 50s and 60s, we had Hee Haw and Night Train. Night Train was the, the black TV show mm -hmm. that had all the major R&B artists on and the local artists on, the same as we had with uh, Hee Haw and all the country artists. And then you had Jefferson Street. Jefferson Street is where all the black artists came to play. People like Jimi Hendrix, Little Richard on B.B. King, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles. All of these people played in Nashville on Jefferson Street. We had blacks and whites coming into the inner city. We didn't have Broadway. We had Jefferson Street. Back in the day, it was the place to go. The Jefferson Street District no longer resembles its neon-lit heyday. Like a lot of historic neighborhoods in Nashville, it's being slowly eaten by developers to make way for the shiny and the new, to accommodate all the new arrivals. It was over before it even began. But what's left is a pretty amazing musical legacy, and one that's often overlooked or sometimes simply forgotten. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. 
I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life, I sit down with Giles Yeo. It is a problem of our brain influencing the hunger. So hunger is a brain scenario, even though the feeling of hunger comes from your stomach. It's a very new and provocative way of thinking about a condition that impacts more than 40% of Americans. But the thing is, this approach could have big consequences for the way that we treat obesity. Listen to Chasing Life, wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody's moving to Nashville. This car, affectionately referred to as the Black Shark, did in 2012. Along with its eight cylinders of Detroit-made awesomeness came Alison Mossart, singer-songwriter for the London-based band The Kills, which he formed over 15 years ago with Jamie Hintz. And more recently, locally based, The Dead Weather. to a red light. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> she needed someplace to park her car, she says, and Nashville seemed right. I lived in London forever riding the bus. I really wanted to get muscle car, and they needed a garage to put it in. There's no way I can be unhappy in this car. Completely understand the relationship. <laughs> this is a custom-made Dodge Challenger. If it hits you with speed, it will mess you up real bad. I love this car. I'm having car envy. (laughs) This is Nashville hot chicken. If you order it in its hottest iteration, it too will mess you up, as I came to find out. Hot chicken recipes are notoriously kept secret, but preparation always begins with the poultry getting double dredged and deep fried for a thick, crispy crust. Then each piece is given a wet or dry application for that sought-after caustic kick. With the wet, the chef's mix of hot spices comes in an oil-based sauce or paste that the chicken is dipped in or coated with. Other cooks use the dry method, coating the chicken with a blistering blend of cayenne, sugar, paprika, and other secret spices that form a fiery outer layer. If you come here to the very fine Boltons for your hot chicken or their optional hot fish, it can, in its milder forms, which are still scorchingly hot, be delicious. But try the hot stuff and watch out. No, really, watch out. Uh, How long have you been in Nashville? Four years, maybe. No, I was working here all the time. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. Lots of people I knew were moving here. Lots of bands. Lots of rock and roll was coming to town. Yeah, a, a, a real lot. You know, when I was touring when I was a teenager, this is a place you would avoid. If you were in a punk band, don't come play Nashville. No one will come to your show. That sort of seemed to change like 10 years ago. Or suddenly, I was like, people are showing up. Right. All right. From left to right, hot, medium, mild. And then fish. <laughs> Spicy is this? No, I'm spicy. Okay, thank you. I didn't even order, so you guys go for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to have to try some. <laughs> Matthew Mossart, Allison's brother, is a professional chef who moved here in 2013 to start a catering business. We should have gloves on. <laughs> oh, man. The medium is really hot. That's really hot. And it it just keeps coming. 
You're already diving into the coastal at a million miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Are you down? Yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Which one did you get? I think medium, mild, uh, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> no. I know that I don't have a hot one, but this is hot anyway. I'm just. I'm trying to bond with you guys. All right, I'm going in. Do not resuscitate. Oh man, I don't want this. Oh, oh, that hurts. <laughs> I think I'm hallucinating. Oh, that's putting your head spin. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! <laughs> it's like a sharp burning, and it just keeps coming and coming and coming. It's not going away. Oh. You got nothing on yours? Was it like a I'm meeting? good over here. I'm real good. And you're good this to go? Great. A little yeah. bit of mustard? <laughs> <laughs> there appears to be a little bit of mustard on here, yes. Okay. <laughs> How bad could it be? I just experienced like 12-hour payback for from hot chicken. Right. I mean, and this was an existentially awful experience that I, I, I really, there were moments when I didn't think I was going to make it. This has got to be so much better than that, and it's only three minutes. Only three minutes. I'll take it. Do you serve snacks in there? My friend Dean Fertitta plays guitar and keyboards for Queens of the Stone Age. He also plays with the Dead Weather with Allison, who you just met. A Nashville resident, too, he trains in Krav Maga, a lethal martial art at the same gym where I train jiu-jitsu when in town. These things hurt. They punish the body. They make a person sore. Fortunately, I had a knuckle-headed idea and a place to do it. Cryotherapy. The latest in muscle recovery treatments. So far, so good. Uh, no. <laughs> no. This is a terrible restaurant, honey. <laughs> Basically, you step inside a big tube into which liquid nitrogen is pumped, chilling things down to a less than comfortable minus 300 degrees. Oh, God. You apparently convince your body that it's dying on the permafrost, causing it to kick loose all sorts of emergency, life-saving, anti-inflammatory proteins. After which, you are supposed to feel better. If your fingers and penis don't shatter like Hummel figurines. Well, how you feel? Good luck. I'm dying. In a good way, though. All right. So you step right in. No, I'm not ready. Step in. I don't like the way, I don't like the way he looks. He, he, he looks unhappy. All right. It's all right. Uh, did you notice how like the last 40, 50 seconds were the coldest? Yeah. Pretty much this whole session is going to be like that last 40, 50 oh, whole, seconds. Oh, great. Because you're going second. Oh, yeah, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, you're already at negative three of six. Oh, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. Oh, my God. You can do it. Oh. You feeling right? No, no, it's good. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to rub some hot chicken all over my body. <laughs> it's been... They're 10 seconds in. Oh, don't tell me that. You see, he's already at negative 308. Oh. So you didn't get negative 306 and 308 in the last minute. Look how long have I got? You're not even halfway there. I'm not even halfway there. Oh. Oh. 
I'm trying to be helpful, but I can't even talk right now. Yeah. <laughs> so How are we doing for time? Minutes. You're almost done. Yeah, what's almost me? 10 seconds. Really? Yeah. 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 This is on level two. There's still a third level. Level two. Yeah. <laughs> There's still one more level up. <sighs> What's the longest you can go in? Three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah, we uh, uh, Watch your head, sir. Well, you always made. wondered what it was like to have a micro penis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little crispy. That was kind of awesome. Freshly invigorated by our Sub-Zero experience with newfound appetites to go with our newfound cryogenically induced superpowers, Dean and I head over to City House, Tandy Wilson's place, for some pizza. So would you say that um, what you've seen here is what you were expecting to find? I, I like it here. It's a friendly town. And it's friendly. Yeah. I know. We were, I remember when we first came down here, we'd go to the gas station, people would say hello, and we would be like, yeah. you know. That takes some getting used to. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming she's half kidding, but Allison said it's all about the car. She needed some place to park the car. Why she moved here? Yeah, I I totally believe. You don't doubt that. <laughs> she does love that car. Right. I mean, as much as I talk about, it, I would never buy a muscle car because once I start, it's like I would never be satisfied. I would, you know, I mean, you don't want to be like Jay Leno with like 30 muscle cars. You know, let's face it. If you own 30 classic muscle cars. There comes a point where people are going to look at you and say, you know, sorry about your penis. You know, there's something, something else going on here. <laughs>a $10 billion a year economy around here, employing more people than anywhere else in the country. Its producers, its session artists, even the studios themselves are legendary. If you can make it as a working musician in Nashville where there's anything but a shortage and standards high, okay. you can pretty much make it anywhere. Lightning 100, this is Jason Moon. In the studio with us today, Nashville artist Margot Price. Fader Magazine has called her Nashville's favorite new badass. We agree. She's here to play a couple of new songs for us. Thanks for having me. One, two, three. Margot Price grew up on her family's farm in Buffalo Prairie, Illinois. Her family was forced to sell when she was age two, which is pretty damn country already, if you ask me. As a country music traditionalist, she struggled for years to find her place within Nashville's increasingly pop-driven country scene and the growing indie rock one. In 2010, she lost one of her twin sons to a rare heart condition, self-medicated with alcohol, and ended up with every kind of problem, including problems of the legal kind. She poured her heart and every cent she had recording an album in just three days at the legendary Sun Studios in Memphis, selling her car and her wedding ring along the way. Dogs that howl long dead and rose They remind me where I am And all the sins I gave Tears to cry So many 
The album, Midwest Farmer's Daughter, was rejected 30 times by the major labels until she found herself on the radar of Jack White and his brilliant and eccentric enterprise, Third Man Records. Third Man's impact on the Nashville music scene can't be understated. With an eclectic, unpredictable list of artists, reissues, and obsessions, they've tilted the town's axis a bit making Nashville the center not just of country music, but also what? Of course, White has also produced albums for country music legends like Loretta Lynn, so if anything, they are reliably unreliable when predicting what they might do next. Let's get ready for a full take. Can you get everyone Right now, stage? what comes next is Margot Price, who's recording today at Third Man's live music venue, The Blue Room. The recording, a unique one-of-a-kind operation because it's all going directly to acetate. Before digital and before analog tape was used for mastering, disc recording was done live. No editing, no overdubs. Redirecting this process on this 1953 lathe, Third Man has mastered a number of albums like this, giving listeners as close to a live experience as possible. Also, it's kind of cool. Here at Third Man in the Blue Room, it's the only place in the world where you can actually do a live-to-acetate recording. that was rejected 30 times debuted on Billboard's top country chart at number 10 in its opening week and was this year's number one country album in the UK. Margot's promotional tour includes performances on Saturday Night Live, Conan, Colbert, and the Grand Ole Opry itself. But before heading out on the road, the band and friends gather one last time at Margot's East Nashville home. Her husband and bass player in the band, Jeremy, prepares biscuits with pimento and cheese, topped with chopped bacon, along with red wine braised short rib on a crostini with goat cheese. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. Nice. Oh. I know, it was here. Do you guys eat like this all the time? No. He cooks, he cooks like this all the time. He's worked in like every restaurant in town. Yeah, we've all been in the restaurant business. You, you, you. He just got fired from a job over on the west side. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Marlo. <laughs> first time. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, let me ask, who here is from Nashville originally? Exactly, she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has been pretty much the, the yeah. story of my experience yeah, here so far. You know, the, the town has a reputation. There were so many really good musicians here. Does that make it harder to break out here? And ultimately, what happens if you suck here? Like, I mean, if you can't, if you're playing country western, I mean, it's... and you cannot, you, you're not good at your instrument. Can you make a living here and suck? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not to say like there's tons of bands that suck or something here, but when I came here, I 
I wasn't good enough. And I went out to some like writers' rounds, and I learned very quickly that I was I had to be a better player, I had to be a better singer, I had to be a better writer, and like. So you you know you work hard because you're surrounded by that. It's like you're typically playing to like a whole room of you know pickers and and writers and tells yeah, like how many yeah. Nashville musicians does it uh, take to change a light bulb? One to do it and twenty to stand around and say I can do that. There seems to be a sense like a lot of established bands have always come here for something metaphysical. I mean, they say, it's, well, I want to work with particular session musicians or I want to record at a particular studio. Yes. But that's really kind of a metaphysical decision. Does that particular mixing board actually possess magical yeah, powers yeah, that yeah. will make your record better. I, I, I kind of feel like there's something special about a room. You go into RCA Studio B where all the Elvis singles were cut, all the Orbs yeah. singles were cut, uh, Everly Brothers. There's something special about that room. Yeah, I mean, you joke around about like the thing about, oh, there's something special in the board. Sometimes there is. <laughs> <laughs> of the apocalypse or an age of enlightenment you decide the craft cocktail program has arrived and it's spreading fast josh haberger's cocktail bar patterson house and its upstairs 20 seat counter only restaurant catbird seat has been catering to the sophisticated palates of nashvillians since 2011. Josh rolled in from Chicago, a self-trained mixologist, as they call makers of drinks these days, and professional chef. He's got five acclaimed restaurants across the city. Cheers. Thanks for playing. Yeah. So, do places like this represent that the town has changed, or do they change the town? When we opened this, I was amazed by the support that we got from people. People didn't want to hate us, they wanted to like it here. Really? I mean, in New York, particularly if you come from out of town, mm -hmm. we kind of want to hate you. I mean, we're not the cold-hearted town that people portray us to be, but especially if you're hot shit somewhere else, yeah. you're going to have a real steep climb in New York. We, we are kind of hoping you're going to fail, and yeah. if we can help you, we, <laughs> we yeah. will. It's not like that here from my understanding carpet-bagging interlopers um, are welcome here in a way that they are not in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Whether it's music or restaurants or art, come here and do creative shit. Yeah, it's a really cool place. It's a, it's a lot of fun. A little crumble of sea salt. Let me know when it's ready. The idea of this place was to cook the way that a bartender bartends. When you're looking the person in the eye and handing them the plate of food, 
there's no there's no hiding. If if they love it, then you see that. If if they don't love it, then glad be. <laughs> yeah. So menu changes every night. At the at the whim of, of Polly right now. Chef Ryan Poli is the new kid in town, fresh from Chicago. A veteran of Mercadito, Hospitality's Tavernita, Little Market Brasserie, and Barcito. Right. The first serving we have, this is risotto, but instead of using rice, we use sunflower seed. We trade it like a normal risotto. We add a Parmesan cheese and a little bit of butter. We topped it with a little bit of fermented sunchokes, the, the base of the sunflower plant, and just garnished it with a little green sunflower scrum. So we use three different cooking techniques of one ingredient to make this dish. Enjoy. Beautiful. Mmm. Well, insanely delicious. Nothing about that description sounded particularly interesting to me. It's delicious. This next course is a play on a very traditional Italian dish. Linguine, chili flakes, sea urchin, or crab meat. This is our version, we just use Japanese ingredients. So we made a wakame seaweed bucatini. We used yuzu koshu to represent the chili flakes, a little bit citrusy, a little bit spicy. And then we took scallops and dried and smoked them and grated it over the top. There you go. Enjoy. Enjoy. Oh. Thank you. Man, you were talking my language here. That's obscenely good. I would face plant it a big <laughs> This would be good. Remember when Tony Soprano would come home? Like, he'd come home after a night of whoring and killing people, and he'd go home and he'd open the refrigerator and there'd be like a Tupperware container, and there'd be like some cold leftover ziti that Carmela had made him, like, maybe the night before, maybe two nights ago, but the fact is it was there. As completely awesome as this is, I would wake up and eat this cold, like in a Tupperware container the next morning, I would totally eat this. It's completely awesome. It's a great compliment. There's a couple cookies in here for you. One's a macaroon, chocolate, and raspberry. So thank wow. you. It's been a pleasure. Enjoy. Mm. I like rooting around in Gene Simmons' brain. Yeah. I do not approve of your right wing politics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why? <laughs> Disgraceland, Allison's Nashville home. It's a house party, so there's got to be food. You just had to do a small series there where you weren't looking. <laughs> you don't have to look when you cut, right? No. We can look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ready? Okay. <laughs> and as one must at any reputable house party, live entertainment. Dean Fertitta, Jack Lawrence, Mr. Jack White, and Allison Mossar, known, I believe, as the Dead Weather. I never know how to treat you. You say I love you, but it ain't true. I'm walking away now. What's that for the act? You up from the heavens.
In the galley, Matthew and I slave over celeriac apple and walnut salad, fried pork dumplings, pulled pork with red cabbage, and deviled eggs, because it ain't a party without deviled eggs, and brisket. Free party favors for everyone. Permanent ones. Choose your tattoo carefully, my drunken friends. Choose well. Oh, you spelled Donald Trump wrong. <laughs> also on the bill, the kills. tattoo in some cultures means actually I have no idea what it means until Allison says she chose it because she liked it and it's for biting. We're in. Scorpion, careful consideration after a less carefully considered number of tequilas. That was amazing. It's sinister. I like it's it. Totally it. sinister. Yeah.
I'm still so drunk. A drink will help. Man, good party. It was like the greatest. As I was driving here, I just couldn't stop smiling. Just remembering like the things I can remember, which is not all of it, but there's a timeline. What up? Oh, you do, yeah. Seriously, I have bite marks. I have no, no, no marks. way. No, I do. I found who, who bit you? a cigarette. That's a bite mark. What's that? Also, that's a bruise. What's that? There's a timeline here, people. Let's work get... it out. <laughs> I feel so complete. And I, I was going to wear that today, oh but I, I failed. That guy was wearing a tutu. So I guess it could be worse this morning. I mean, I could be. <laughs> wow, what's that? Ooh. Yeah! Apparently, we took some casualties at last night's house party. But for every throbbing skull, every unremembered blunt force trauma, there is a cure. A Bloody Mary. A mimosa, or both, should you prefer. Pinewood Social, our friend Josh's place, where natural allies, alcohol, hangovers, and bowling coexist peacefully in an atmosphere of mutual respect. Also food. Tony, how many times do you eat a day? <laughs> no, because when I watch that show, I think about it. I'm like, wow, you've had like seven meals and it's only one o'clock. <laughs> Up. You're up first. I'm up? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well. Not a promising beginning. <laughs> it can only get better. I don't think he's American. <laughs> if there's any hustler, it would be LJ. You know, the yeah. unassuming guy who just happens to show up after being missing for a little while. Right. I, I can see that. <laughs> that might have been the quickest gutter of the day. <laughs> in a safer world, all of us here would be prohibited from hurling heavy objects in any direction, given our sorry states and our general ineptness at this sport of kings. But that's Nashville for you. A welcoming place, a forgiving one. I feel right at home.